Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of podcasts called The Deep End, we want to explore one thing today that Protestants for generations have been trying to avoid. We not only want to explore it, we want to embrace it. Because once we understand it properly, it is not something to be avoided, but to be embraced. And we're going to find this from our passage that we looked at this past Sunday from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, this classic gospel passage, which was a pleasure and a privilege to preach from, because it's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. I mean, anyone who's studied the Word of God would say the same thing, because it talks so beautifully about this grace gift that we've received from our God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And the gift is salvation. The salvation that we have received, the salvation that we base our entire souls upon, is what Ephesians chapter 2 is digging out, saying this is how you receive this. And this past Sunday, we talked about that. We, the passage is quite clear. It's incredibly hard to miss if you just read the passage to understand that this was a gift from God. This salvation that we have received was nothing that we earned or attained ourselves. It was given to us as a gift, and Paul is very, very clear on that fact. But one thing we explored this past Sunday is that to appreciate the gift— to respond properly to the gift, we have to understand the hopeless state we were in before the gift came to us. Because unless we do that, we will never appreciate the gift like we should. We will never utilize the gift like we should. And so in verses 1 to 3 of Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us a few things that was the reality of our spiritual soul before this gift came to us. And these things aren't pleasant to hear. One thing he says is we were dead in our sins. We were dead spiritually. The most profound way to live spiritually, you and I were dead. And Paul says, make no bones about it, you were dead. There was nothing that you could have done for yourself because you were dead spiritually. Not only that, you followed the devil. So just being dead doesn't mean you're not moving and functioning. You actually were functioning, but you were living and characterized by death. And the way that you were characterized by death is by following the one who leads this charge. You followed the devil. He was your captain. He was your father. He was your master. Whatever the devil told you to do, you did it. And that's really hard to understand, but we need to understand it because if we don't understand it, we won't appreciate this gift. The third thing he says is maybe the most grave of all. He says, you were a child of wrath like the rest of mankind. So not only were you dead, not only were you following the devil, you were heaping up wrath for yourself. And that's what God was going to give you. If you finished the course following the devil, if you stayed dead spiritually, not were you just going to just have no purpose and just not do anything useful for the kingdom of God, you were going to spend the rest of your eternity being punished for the sins that you've committed against a holy God. And Verses 1 to 3 are necessary. They're not fun to talk about. The, the fun verses are the ones that follow this, but unless we understand verses 1 to 3, we will never appreciate the gift that God gave us in Jesus. So we have to understand those things. Those are really important for us to go, yes, I'm hopeless without Christ. I need this gift. God, thank you for this gift. And so for the rest of the passage, he sort of explores how we receive this gift, and he doesn't want us foggy on it. God gave it to you. The reason you have this gift is because God decided in his grace and his mercy and his love to bestow it upon you for the sake of his own glory so that you couldn't boast because a dead person 
can't do anything for their soul. God had to give it to you. God had to bestow this gift upon every single one of us, myself included. I didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. But we did receive it. If you're in Christ, you have received this gift, and we have God to praise and God to thank for the rest of our lives. But it's in verse 10 where this passage sort of takes an interesting turn. And oftentimes growing up, I have heard this passage referenced so many times when people are talking about the gospel because it is just one of the best gospel passages besides John 3.16 that exists in scripture. And every time I hear people quote from here, I always hear them quote verses 8 and 9. 8 and 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Isn't that beautiful? Those are two beautiful verses, and it tells us this is not anything you did. This is everything that God has done for you through Christ. The problem is, is I don't know if this was intentional, but verse 10 gets cut out a lot when we talk about this passage. Verse 10 doesn't really get mentioned, or if it does get mentioned, we just sort of breeze past it. And maybe because we don't really appreciate it. Maybe we don't understand what Paul is meaning there. And this is what verse 10 says. He says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we come up with this concept of works. Works is, at least to me and maybe some who've grown up like me, kind of a bad word. At least it's been taught to us that way that Works are kind of someone who doesn't understand the gospel. Works are those other denominations that try to work to get favor with God. And honestly, it's true. There are several denominations who try to earn their way to God by doing works. And if you listen to this one passage, you will understand it's impossible. It's impossible. Because if you earned your way to God, God would not be glorified. You would be glorified. And God does not work that way. God has set up this entire universe for his name to be glorified. And the fact that he loved us while we were dead, while we were wicked, while we were awaiting wrath, proves that. Because that was the perfect opportunity for him to glorify his own name. Because people who are dead, people who are awaiting wrath, people who are following the devil, cannot pat themselves on their back when they receive the gift of salvation. They only can praise God. The problem is, is that we now consider works to maybe be a bad word, to maybe be anti-gospel, anti-grace. And so when we hear the word works sometimes, we just recoil going, oh, that's perverse. Oh, that's anti-gospel. And honestly, when I looked at this verse um, before in my life, I, I kind of had that thought about this going, why is that in there? Why is verse 10 in there? This would be such a beautiful passage if it just stopped at 9. Why does he bring up good works again? He just told me that I'm not saved by works. Why is he bringing up works? And not only bringing it up, but saying, you are his workmanship. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. God prepared beforehand that you should walk in good works. That's the part that we need to explore. Because works aren't a bad word. The only way works are perverted is when you try to earn your way to God through them. But if you understand this passage, that's not what Paul is talking about when he gets to verse 10. He is just very clearly stated, works did not save you. God saved you. But he did save you for good works. He did. 
And we need to understand that because if we don't understand that, we won't live properly. The other day, I, I, uh, my son got a present. And he was really excited for the present, just like every child would be. He ripped open this present. And uh, in his efforts to open the present, uh, he just started making garbage and paper go everywhere, all over the floor, which is no big deal usually. But when he opened the present, he was so excited about the present that he just took the present and left. And he left all the garbage and the paper all over the floor. And I said to my son, I said, son, what are you doing? Well, look what you did to the floor. Look at all the paper and the garbage laying all over the floor. You can't just leave it there for someone else to clean up. And it's, it's kind of like what we're talking about here. God didn't just give us this gift so that we could enjoy it. That's not the only reason. God gave us this gift so that we could utilize this gift for his glory and his purposes. And we know that because of verse 10. We know that because that's what verse 10 says. You were created in Christ Jesus. Everything Paul just said. You were saved by God's grace. You were made new by the blood of Christ. And here's the purpose so that you could do good works. Because God prepared beforehand that you and I should walk in them ever before time began, ever before we ever received this salvation. God prepared that we should walk in good works. And we need to stop seeing works as a negative thing, as a bad word. In fact, we need to see it on the other side, saying this is my purpose. Now that God has saved me, this is what I'm here to do to do good works. I hope we can see that. It took me a while, honestly, to start seeing works as a good thing. Not only a good thing, but a beautiful thing. If I see it properly and I don't pervert the gospel with it, good works are my purpose. That's why I woke up today. I woke up today to do good works, to please my God, to utilize the salvation that I've been given for my Lord and the question we need to ask when we come to verse 10, if we can understand it, is what is good works? What are these good works? I mean, if we're not trying to be selfish and not trying to be lazy in the Christian life, we have to ask that question. What are they? If someone says you were created for good works and God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them, that's pretty important, isn't it? It's pretty important that we understand what good works are. And for the rest of our time here, we're going to talk about what that is. If you can understand that good works are your reason for your spiritual life, not the way you gained a spiritual life. I'll say it one more time. It's not how you earned your life because none of us earned it. It was given to us, but it is the reason we were given life. And if we understand that, we have to ask the question, what are good works? And we could assume today that we are living for good works. I mean, a lot of us like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and just go, yeah, I, I think I am. I think I am living for good works. I, I'm a generally nice guy. I'm kind. I'm fun. I'm funny. I'm, I look out for people from here, you know, from time to time. I'm, I'm not a person that seeks to hurt anybody. I think I am living for good works. And maybe just kind of round up and just say, yeah, I think, I think so. But I think that's a dangerous way to live. I think we need to know what God says about good works. Now here in verse 10, Paul doesn't tell us what those good works are. He doesn't elaborate. But he's assuming the Ephesians because they have been walking correctly, they have been on track spiritually, that they know what he's talking about. The question is, do we? Do we know what he's talking about? If you read the rest of scripture, you'll find good works are not hidden. It's not something you have to unmask. Good works are laced all through scripture. And really, you could define it with one word, love. Jesus said the entire law is fulfilled in one word, love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you will figure those two out, you figure out everything that God wants from your life. And that right there primarily is what good works are, is walking in love. And the Ephesians were already doing that because we learned that in chapter one, they were they had faith in Christ and they had love towards all the saints. So I don't think Paul is saying, listen, you guys need to get on track with good works. I think what he's saying to them is you guys need to continue living in good works. Continue to love your Lord. Continue to love your neighbor. Continue to walk in love. And when we learn about love from scripture, love too isn't just general kindness. The world is that. The world shows kindness and generosity from time to time. No, the love that we see in scripture is others seeking. That includes our God. It means we put our needs and our wishes and our desires to the side. And we seek out the needs of others. We look to how we can please our God. We look to what makes him happy, what glorifies his name, what pleases him. And we do that with our lives. We don't seek what we want. We don't seek anything that would make our flesh happy. No, we put that aside. That was following the course of the world. That's what Paul said you used to do. Before you received this gift in Jesus Christ, you used to follow the course of this world. You used to live for things that made only you happy. But now that you're created in Christ Jesus, you're created for good works. And that means you and I, from sunup to sundown, should be walking in love. And that's the best way that I can describe good works. Now, good works, you can find comb that even more. You can find comb what love looks like. If you wanted to, and you should want to, all of us should want to, is figure out how to best walk in good works. We should find out how Jesus loved. How the apostles loved. How did they walk in truth? How did they walk in love? How did they do good deeds to the world? And, and we should emulate that. If our Lord did it, if our Lord taught it, that's exactly what good works are, and we should get at it. And we have to remember, the reason we do this is simply for our Lord. It's not to earn salvation. We have that in Christ. We have that as a gift. But now that we have received that gift, and now that we have been impacted by the fact that we were utterly hopeless and God saved us at the right time while we were ungodly, while we were sinners, if that is true and it is true, we should be compelled to live for good works. We need to get this out of our mind that Christianity is not a religion of works. That doesn't make any sense. If Christianity is not a religion of works, then there's nothing for us to do. And there is something for us to do. And verse 10 and the rest of scripture speak to many, many things you and I are supposed to do as Christians. And when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he was talking about the redemptive work. He was not talking about us living on the earth. He was talking about the redemption, the gift that God was going to be able to offer mankind. That was finished. God paid for it through the blood and the death of his son. And when Jesus died, he said, it's paid for. I did it. You can offer to them freely now. It is finished. What he didn't mean is there's nothing for man to do now. No. Now that we are saved, we can now do what we were always designed to do, which is walk in good works, which is walk in love, which is glorify our God. And I hope we can retrain our mind to say, yes, Christianity is a religion of works because there is no other kind. What it's not is a salvation of works. We have a salvation of grace by faith in Christ. But we do have a religion of works 
We have a religion of good works. And that word there is important too. So it's not just works, doing any sort of religious duty, doing any sort of religious practice. No, it needs to be good. It needs to come from God. It needs to be designed by God. You need to figure out what God considers works, good works. And we need to invest in that. And that's why we need to look at Jesus, his life, the way that he taught, the way that he lived. And we need to say, I'm going that way also. Because now that I've received this gift, I follow my Lord. It's my desire and delight to do that. Because that's how I was created. That's why I was created to do good works. That is when I'm finding my purpose in Christ. And when I do good works, I bless countless, including my God. When I love my neighbor, I also love my God. And that's pretty important, isn't it? That's pretty important for people who have been saved from their sins, from the death, from the wrath that was awaiting us. For us to be able to say, man, I get to, I get to love God. I get to serve the King of Kings. I get to glorify the name of God. Yes, please. Yes, I want in. What do I need to do? Show me what to do. And he says, live for good works. Find out what they are and make them the practice and the theme and the habit of your life today. Walk in good works. But always remember, this is not for the sake of you finding right standing with God. This is out of the fact that you have right standing with God. If we can remember those two things, we're seeing scripture the pure way. We're not saved by works, but we saved. We are saved for good works. And I hope you can understand that today. And I hope we can get at it today because good works please my God and to please my Lord Jesus. It also blesses my neighbor. When people are doing good works to me, I'm blessed. When I'm doing good works to others, I bless them. When the church is doing good works, they bless each other. They bless this community. They bless this world. And they let others see God and maybe draw people to the light. Conversely, if, if, you, if you see the church doing bad works, right, what does it do? It turns you off from God and says, well, I'm not, I don't want a part of that. If that's what God is like, I want nothing to do with that. That's evil. That's corrupt. And sadly, we've seen a lot of that in the so-called church today is people doing bad works. We need a church to rise up and say, we're going to do good works. That's why we were created. That's why we were saved. That's what glorifies our God. That's what draws people to the light. I'm going to get at good works. I'm going to find out how best to love my God. I'm going to find out how best to love my neighbor. And I'm going to do it for the rest of my life because my God is worthy of it. My Lord Jesus is worthy of it. And I want to find the best purpose imaginable, which is live for good works. I hope that is clear. I hope that is helpful. I hope today you would be inspired and motivated to look around and see the needs of those around you. Friend or foe, stranger or friend, I, whoever it is, find someone to love today. And most of all, love your God. Find what he says is pleasing. Find what he said is wicked and avoid those things. And do it for the sake of the gift that you have received freely in your Lord. I pray that blesses you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.